0: Which MLB teams have gotten the most or the least contributions from their rookie class? Let's talk about it. You are locked on MLB prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Lockdown MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself, protect yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So when looking at this MLB season, we are two weeks away from the postseason, and there's a quite a hot and heavy wildcard race. The American League East is really interesting. And so I wanted to look at, all right, who's gotten great contributions from their rookie class this year? And there's probably some teams that wouldn't be in the postseason or eligible for the postseason if not for their rookie class. So I think you, when you look at, at the contenders, the number one team to me is has to be, it's pretty hard to argue against it, has to be the Cincinnati Reds, right? If you think about what they've done, both from a pitching perspective and a position player perspective, they've had a lot of young players in the lineup this year. And the number one player by war, surprisingly, and I say surprisingly, I'll get more to this on Friday's show when I talk about where I got it wrong this season, but surprisingly, Matt McClain, he has 3.6 war, is number one on the Cincinnati Reds on the IL right now. but. In 89 games this year, 290, 357, 507, 16 home runs, 43 extra base hits, 31 walks to 115 strikeouts, 14 and 19 on stolen bases. He played 53 games at short. He's played 37 games at second. And it's something where the power production isn't quite where I thought it would be. Uh, The defense, he was able to play shortstop, I guess a little bit better than I expected. And so he's been a big driver towards their success. He did a lot more shortstop before Elly De La Cruz was called up and then Elly De La Cruz did a lot more shortstop and uh, McClain played a lot more second after Elly De La Cruz came up, but they were platooning Elly De La Cruz because he has slacked off significantly. He's under one war on the season. He's dropped off from a production standpoint to to the point where his ent- his slash line right now And granted it's only I mean, it's almost 90 games, is 235-300-404. Uh, it's the, some of the same issues we talked about last, all, his entire career, really, about strikeouts being big. He's at 128 strikeouts in 88 games. He's not hitting lefties that well. Some of the stuff that we've talked about, but they've gotten great contributions from Hunt. Spencer Steer has been a crucial guy playing first base, playing third base, playing outfield. They've called up uh, Noel V. Marte, Christian Encarnacion-Strand. He's played some first and third in outfield. Noel v. Marte's been a big guy at third base. And then on the pitching side, they've also gotten really good contributions. Both Andrew Abbott and Brandon Williamson have been up for a while this year and have made a legitimate impact on this team and look like they're going to be uh, starters going forward that you can be confident in. Get two lefty starters... Williamson four and five with a four-five six ERA in 21 games. Abbott eight and five with a three, six, eight ERA in 19 games. So both of these guys adding into that group you had from last year where you had Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, who's on the IL right now, right there. You've already got Brandon Williamson. You still have Luke Weaver and Ben Lively. You have quite a few options for starters for Cincinnati. So that has to be the number one group right there. Right behind them though, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Baltimore Orioles. They've had a lot of prospects, a lot of position players, but some pitchers as well. And to me, the biggest thing, obviously, <clears throat> Gunnar Henderson, right? Gunnar Henderson's probably gonna win the American League MVP. Uh, Gunnar Henderson's probably gonna win the American League Rookie of the Year in his 138 games. 258, 327, 498, 27 home runs. 51 extra base hits, 51 walks to 145 strikeouts, 9 of 11 on stolen bases. Strikeouts a little bit higher than we wanted, but the power production has been there. He's giving you not only plus defense at third base, like we expected, but he's giving you pretty good defense at short as well, especially after Jorge Mateo fell off a cliff. And his eight triples leads all of the American League, so... Kid's got wheels, he's got a cannon, he's got power, looks like he can do just about everything, and again, should be American League Rookie of the Year. Jordan Westberg's also been a big part of that infield, and then they've called up tons of prospects that have had, you know, cups of coffee here and there, Colton Cowser, Heston Kierstad, guys like that, and they have more. Go to, I think it's Friday's show, to hear more about how they still have position players waiting to come up. Uh... But 5.9 more for, for Gunnar Henderson is a fantastic number, and you'll absolutely take that. The other big part of this is the emergence of, of Grayson Rodriguez. And I do have to do more of the Mia culpa in Friday show. That's what this Friday is, is, me talking about what I got wrong. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline uh, for the Baltimore Orioles because I did not think they were nearly aggressive enough, and it may end up working out for them. But... Grayson Rodriguez came up, struggled. He went back down when he came back up in July. He's been a different pitcher since July when he came back. 11 starts, 4 and 2 with a 2.59 ERA for Grayson Rodriguez. 66 innings pitched, 61 strikeouts to 18 walks and only 3 home runs allowed. So he's going on average 6 innings a start and he's given up a home run once every 3 games. Grayson Rodriguez has got himself into the position where he's one of your three starters, it feels, in a playoff series. Like, you're looking at Rodriguez, Jack Flaherty, Kyle Bradish, and then I'm guessing John Means is probably your fourth guy if you feel like he's ready. It's, you've gone from not knowing what was going to happen from a pitching perspective to Grayson Rodriguez contributing in there, and then Yenye Cano has obviously been a big part of that bullpen, stepped up with the injury to Batista and has contributed as a rookie as well. So lots of options in Baltimore, but really carried by those two in Gunner and Grayson. The number three team for me is the Arizona Diamondbacks. And this is the Corbin Carroll show, right? You've had a bunch of pitchers, Dre Jameson, Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fott, come through but Corbin Carroll's been the star here he actually leads all of baseball in triples with nine so one more than Gunner has and Corbin Carroll this season has been absolutely fantastic 279 358 501 slash line uh, 24 home runs 49 extra base, 59 extra base hits I can't do math 54 walks to 118 strikeouts and 47 of 52 on stolen bases Him and Ellie De La Cruz are the two fastest players in baseball. Again, leads baseball in triples, tons of steals. For a while there was in the MVP conversation in the National League along with Ronald Acuna Jr. And then was named to an all-star game as a rookie. Uh, Fantastic year for Corbin Carroll. And then again, a bunch of arms came through. The number four team. And again, we're talking about contenders here. So the contenders with the best rookie classes, it's hard to go with somebody who's not the Los Angeles Dodgers. Feels like they always have really good rookie classes and they always get great contributions. And this is a case where James Altman, the position player, has been the most impactful for them. They've had Miguel Vargas was up for a while. Michael Bush was up for a while. But James Altman's the one that's really stuck. He's played in 139 games almost all of them as the starting center fielder. So he's got three war off of that. 245, 354, 434, 21 home runs, 38 extra base hits. 64 walks to 167 strikeouts and 15 to 17 on stolen bases. Yes, James Altman has struggled with the strikeouts, but he's hit for power. He showed the speed both defensively and offensively. He's like 95th percentile and outs above average. I mean, he is doing... Fantastic work in center field for them, and then to go along with him, the big of all the pitchers they brought up, and it's Sheehan, Ryan Pepio. Which, by the way, I think Ryan Pepio is a great choice between now and the end of the year in fantasy, and especially in redraft because he's got such a great schedule coming up. He's really going to be able to get you some good ratios and some good wins. But Bobby Miller's been the star there. Nineteen starts, ten and three with a four hundred two ERA. In 107 and a third innings 99 strikeouts so 8.3 per nine 230 walks so two and a half per nine 11 home runs allowed it's given you I think one and a half war is what baseball reference had him at and if you look at that postseason rotation what is that postseason rotation going to be for the Los Angeles Dodgers it's entirely possible he starts one of your two your first two games in the postseason like it's Clayton Kershaw maybe. Lance Lynn has not been good. So it's like Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, two through four right there. Clayton, if Clayton Kershaw is able to start game one, he's game one. If he's not able to start game one, Bobby Miller's probably your guy who starts a game one of a postseason series. And that makes you worry about the ceiling of this team in the postseason. But either way, great contributions from the rookie class, that trio of pitchers, as well as James Altman. In just a minute. There are some non-contenders that had r- good rookie classes, and we'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Sales. If you're struggling to close deals, just know that cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using old or outdated or shallow data. But your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive high quality buyer data into real-time insights that you can use to empower your sales reps and your teams to adopt the habits of top performers which are proven to lead to better outcomes more opportunities in the pipeline higher win rates and larger deals LinkedIn calls this deep sales, and they've built the first deep sales platform with their next generation of the LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try the LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Okay, so there are some major league teams that were not contenders this year, whether by choice or because that's how it worked out, but they still had really good contributions from the rookie class. Uh, One of them that was, they had a lot of options, but only some of them actually did a bunch is the New York Mets. And this is really driven by two players, Cody Singa and Francisco Alvarez. Cody Singa has been one of the better, uh, he's probably number two In rookie of the year voting and I've made this point on the show before I really do think that foreign professionals guys who were major leaguers in their home leagues which Cody is 30 he'll be 31 this year guys like him probably should not qualify for the traditional rookie of the year award in MLB and you've seen some of the contract rules behind that like guys who are pre-arbitration not on long-term deals are eligible for the Prospect Promotion Incentive, they've tried to adjust for that somewhat. I still think there should be an award. Uh, Most of these guys come from Asia. Feels like, uh, I've heard it suggested before, the Ichiro Suzuki Award. You do have foreign professionals that come from Cuba as well, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. But either way, Cody Singa has been, at this point, he's your best starter on the team right now. Had that adjustment period early, a lot of those Japanese pitchers do, but after that, he's been fantastic. You've also gotten really good contributions from catcher Francisco Alvarez. He has become the starter and took over to the point where the Mets were comfortable moving James McCann at the trade deadline, paying him to go away, paying most of his deal to send him to the Orioles because they wanted to give the full-time job to Francisco Alvarez and they kept Omar Narvaez to back up Alvarez. So really good contributions from both of those guys. I believe... Alvarez has been worth about one and a half war and Singa has been worth about three and a half or so. After that, you have a lot of players who have come up and gotten small bits of time. Brett Beatty at third base is one who came up, was sent back down and has come back up. Mark Vientos is up right now. He's actually playing third base while Beatty is out with injury. But you've had both of those guys come up and contribute as well. Ronnie Mauricio is up playing second base right now, not a lot of time, so not on this list, but you've gotten contributions here, and you can see, you give these guys a year to adjust to the bigs, you get the pitching to catch up to where the offense could be, there's your core of your next good competitive Mets team. Another team that's gotten some really good contributions, but unfortunately against plan is not a contender, is the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, They it's been a lot of pitching. It's not been entirely pitching. Will Brennan has given them close to one war out in the outfield, but it's been almost entirely pitching. And for a team to lose two of what you could call their aces and Tristan McKenzie and Shane Bieber and still be in the divisional race, one, says a lot about the strength of the division, but two, says a lot about how good the pitchers they've called up have been. Tanner Bibby, Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, have all given multiple war. I think Tanner Bibby's like over three war right now. He's been uh, one of the best rookie pitchers in all of baseball. I believe as of Monday morning, they announced he's being shut down for the rest of the year. But in that time, like in 20 starts, like 10 and four with an ERA of just over three, he's been really good. Xavier Curry has been a useful piece out of the bullpen. He was a reliever that Terry Francona said he saved our season. And that's been a great revelation as well. Three rookie starters with ERAs under four, Tanner Bibby almost under three, and a really good reliever gets you into the list. The Red Sox are commonly considered to be a team that had a good contributions from their rookie class. And a lot of this comes back to Tristan Cassis, who finally took over at first base, really struggled in the first half of the season. Things took off in the second half. Uh, and then Matsutaka Yoshida, who flip side, he did, really, we felt like he did really well in the first half, and he started to slow down in the second half. Yoshida, another one of those guys that was a professional outside of Major League Baseball, came over as a professional versus coming up as a prospect. The rookie of the year thing, he was going to be eligible. He still is. He don't think he's going to win. And then they had a pitcher, Brennan Bernardino, in the bullpen. He was a Rule 5 pick. He's pitched out of the bullpen 40-plus times, three relief appearances, six starts, thrown 46 innings, struck out 54. He's been worth more than one war, which for a Rule 5 acquisition, you just want them to be able to stick on the roster all year. He's actually been a positive addition. The Rockies are a team that I feel like don't get enough attention for how their rookies have done. It's because the Rockies aren't in contention. But Ezekiel Tovar came up Started the year slow. Uh, he got really hot in June. He's having a good September. But Ezekiel Tovar has been one of the best defenders in all of baseball. He is, last I checked over the weekend, he was 100th percentile on StatCast and outs above average. He has been the best defensive shortstop in baseball. To go along with that, his arm strength's like 70th percentile. And, and he's gotten more comfortable offensively at the plate since he has been up in the big. So the adjustment year has been good. He's going to do big things next year. And then it feels like you've maybe finally found some outfielders uh, out there in Colorado. Nolan Jones, who I don't know why the Guardians traded the way Nolan Jones as as little power as they've gotten from their existing lineup. We talked the other day about how the, the entire Guardians roster or the entire Guardians lineup has less home runs than like the top four or five guys on the Braves and how the farm system doesn't have a ton of power. But they gave up on Nolan Jones, moved him to the Rockies. It's worked out for the Rockies. His slash line's like 275, 350, 510. He's hit 16 home runs. He's got, I think it's 35 extra base hits. He's also 13 and 15 on stolen bases, has a cannon out there in right field, and is playing next to Brenton Doyle, who is like 17 to 21 on stolen bases is giving them really good defense in center field, and you can see an avenue here to be competitive going forward if you're the Colorado Rockies and if you can figure out some of the if you can figure out some of the pitching issues you have in Colorado, which obviously is easier said than done. Hate to do remind the folks of this, but. Uh, The Yankees belong in this non-contender with a decent rookie class. Anthony Volpe is the big driver here, obviously. Uh, Been starting all year. First Yankee ever to have 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases in his rookie year. Uh, He's been a pretty good defender. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. I had questions about the arm strength. I thought he probably would have been better at second base with Oswald Peraza at short, but they installed Volpe. He's been better than I thought he was. So obviously that's nice. They've had some pitchers help. Ian Hamilton, Johnny Brito have been helpful. And then they caught up a lot of young guys like Jason Dominguez, who is out for with the torn UCL and won't be back until at least the midpoint of next year. But they've gotten good contributions as well. In just a minute, there are a few teams that have not gotten contributions from rookies essentially at all. And we'll break them down next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment is important, but global supply chains are fragile and things like pandemics, natural disasters, foreign travel could cut you off from urgent treatment that you need. And so Jace Medical is your solution. You fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board certified physicians will review it to determine whether the medications you're asking for are safe and appropriate. They will then send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home and you have a hotline where you can send your physician a message for answers to your treatment-related questions at any time. And everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It's more than $360 of life-saving antibiotics. You can get those with Jace Medical Plus. An additional twenty dollars off by using the code LockedOn at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-C Medical.com. There are a few MLB teams that just did not get contributions from rookies in essence at all this year, and that doesn't mean that the teams are bad. Matter of fact, I think the number one team that didn't really get a lot of contributions from rookies are the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves. Been the best team in baseball all year. First team to make the postseason. They've set a bunch of records already. Matt Olsen's broken the team's single-season home run record. Ronald Acuna Jr. is close to a 40-70 season. It's absurd. But they, because they have so many young players signed to really good deals and have traded players out of the farm system to supplement the Major League roster. Like when they went out and got Matt, Ol- Matt Olsen, they went out and got Sean Murphy. Before that, they went out and got Ryzel Iglesias, their closer. Uh, they just didn't have a lot of guys who could come up. And like when you're looking at this, it's really Von Grissom lost prospect eligibility last year, so he doesn't count. But he even then didn't con- contribute a lot to this year's team. You're really looking at uh, pitcher Jared Schuster and A.J. smith Shaver Jared Schuster has come up and... Was not that great. Started for Atlanta over the weekend. They sent him back down. Smith-Shauver came up and was good in a limited sample. But when you're a contending team, you don't really have the runway to let a guy learn on the job. And so A.J. Smith-Shauver spent most of the rest of the year in AAA, starting every five days. He did get injured, was on the IL, came back. This is the minor league IL. Came back, was called up to Atlanta, did not pitch, was sent back down, and is now working in AAA Gwinnett. Uh, but just not a lot of space for the Braves to get contributions from rookies because they've got so many players and uh, they had guys like Michael Harris in that rookie class last year. Another team that hasn't gotten a lot of contributions, similar situation with the timing, the Washington Nationals. They've had a pitcher, Jake Irvin. Uh, he came up, he started 22 games, ERA of around four and change. They've caught up Jake Alou, who's played some infield, played some outfield for them, played in a hand, just over a month's worth of games. But really, a lot of what's happened for the Nationals has been a lot of their guys came up last year, right? Mackenzie Gore, CJ Abrams. They have a lot of guys who are, uh, I guess you could call them like sophomores or juniors, guys who, Lane Thomas is now in his third year of contractual control. Uh, Carter Keyboom is in his third year of contractual control. And so a lot of guys who were promoted in previous years. And so because of that, just not a lot of impact on this team. And they haven't been great this season, but they've been better in the second half as these players have gotten more comfortable, have been better. Josiah Gray's been surprisingly good. They just called up Jackson Rutledge, another starting pitcher option. Give him some time. still be He'll still be rookie eligible next year if things work out for him. Um, The San Diego Padres are in a similar situation where they're a very top-heavy team. They have a lot of stars. And so because of that, they haven't had a lot of space to have prospects come up and play. Also, they don't have a ton of prospects because they've made so many trades. The Juan Soto trade is the one we always think about. But like, they traded for Blake Snell, they traded for Josh Hader, they traded for Hugh Darvish. They've made so many trades that they don't necessarily have a ton of impact prospects that can come up. Jackson Merrill looks promising, he's a year or two away, but they have gotten some pitchers. Brent Honeywell is the one that immediately comes to mind. Uh, guy, former top prospect, has was hurt a bunch, is trying to come back, doesn't look the same as he was, but Pedro Avila... Tom Cosgrove. They've had a couple different contributions from rookies. And then there's a team that called up a lot of rookies, but they haven't necessarily been that good. And that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. They have... Some of their guys were called up in previous years. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, Jack Sawinski, Brian Hayes has been there for a while. Brian Reynolds has been there for a while. They have a decent little core of players. But some of the guys they've called up this year haven't necessarily been that great. When you're looking on the position player side, G1 Bay at second base, 239, 304, 318 slash line. Not a super impactful slash line, right? Henry Davis, the catcher, has been playing a lot of right field, 50 games. I think he just got activated off the IL, 205, 296, 326. It's the adjustment period. O'Neal Cruz being out has not helped, but Indy Rodriguez has, it's one of the more talented ones, but 221, 284, 331 in 50 games. They just, they've called a lot of players up on the position player side. They've even called up some players on the pitching side that just, they haven't gotten the contributions that they thought they were going to get from these rookies. And so because of that, they haven't been as competitive as they've wanted to be. Now you can see the talent is here. Obviously you can see this is a core you can build around. You can supplement And a lot of this, a lot of the pitching is still to come. Paul Skeens is a guy who we think is going to move rather quickly. Uh, To go along with that, you've got some guys, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, guys that are promising, Carmen Wladinski, guys that are promising. You can see a future where these guys are the the center of your next competitive major league roster. It's just a matter of getting them there and getting them ready. Rowanzi Contreras, Osvaldo Beto. there's promise here. But the guys that came up this year needed that adjustment period, maybe more than the Pirates were expecting when they called all of them up. Fantastic week this week. Wednesday and Thursday, we are doing our breakout prospects. One show for each league. We're going to do one division per segment, talk about a player for every single team. We'll probably go deeper into some guys versus others. If it's a guy we haven't talked about a lot, or just somebody who's been exceptionally good, But if you have recommendations who you think your team's breakout prospect should be, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. We have a subtext. We have email. We have a Discord, YouTube comments, all the ways to reach us in the episode description in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.